Thank you for joining us on another season of Beyond Clean, a live podcast where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. Beyond Clean is a podcast that is broadcast out of our studios inside Gym Supply in Orlando, Florida. We're always looking for guests at Beyond Clean, so reach out to me, your host, David Thompson, at dthompson at academyofcleaning.com or call us at 888-999-6059. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, let's get started with today's guest on Beyond Clean. Hello, everyone. You have tuned in to yet our, well, I would say another episode of Beyond Clean with Ace, and then I will also add to it the last scheduled one for 2021. And if you hear a little bit of wind in the background, our speaker for today is parked in a parking lot along the beach in Daytona. I don't know where you're at listening to this today, but I think he might have a better view than most of us. Sean? Good morning, Dave. How are you today? I'm doing great. I should ask, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm getting to enjoy part of my territory. I've traveled down to Daytona Beach to work in Daytona for two days. And uh, in order to set up with you, I've set up my truck. So I'm overlooking the Highway 40 Ormond Beach Causeway that goes over the Intercoastal Waterway so I can watch the catamarans and stuff go under the bridge while we're talking. Now, folks, you know, we would usually tell you to grab a cup of coffee or kick up your shoes, but, you know, just take it for a moment and try to envision, you know, the coastal waterway, south, you know, uh, know, mid-Florida, December, and it's so hot that he's got to have the air conditioner running. Yeah, it's 78 degrees and very, very minimal. It's not even Simpson clouds today. It's almost clear blue sky. Okay, so now we've set the stage for what a lot of people are just now thinking, oh, why did I tune in to Sean this time? But folks, before I get into it with Sean today, i got a little bit of review because that's kind of what we're going to do here at the end of the year. Sean, now I don't know if you even know this. Do you know that your first podcast here on Beyond Clean with Ace was December two years ago in 2019? It seems like... Um they come up so quickly. It's like <clears throat> I hang up with you and then it's not long before you're emailing me to make sure our schedules are going to coincide so we can have another one. It just that they, they come so quickly. Well, hey, you know what? You've done 23 podcasts and this will be number 24. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. More exposure. Do you, do, you, do you also want to know another little nice fact about your podcast, sir? What's that? 600 downloads. Really? Folks, I have to tell you, I appreciate you as a listener and downloading all of the different messages that Sean and I have talked about over the last two years. Uh, You know, Sean, for those people that are going, so who is this guy? I've never heard of him before. This is my first time on the show. Why should they join in with these other people? I think we try to talk about day-to-day real topics in the floor covering industry when it, in regards to maintenance and installation and the things that happen um, that pop up. And I think it, it, there's a lot of interest involved in that. So if you're in the industry, uh, whether you're a facility manager, facility engineer, or designer, or um, an end user thinking about buying new floor covering, these, these things you can learn a lot of uh, tidbits and information. Things that we might mention that we don't think is a really big deal, you may find out to be be very important to you or your facility. So, who are you? What do you do? And why have you been on the show for 23 episodes? Well, my name is Sean DeVore, and I'm a rep. i um, been a rep for 30 years in the commercial floor covering industry. I worked in uh, Chicago, downtown, for several years, actually seven years. And then I worked in South Florida, Miami in the Caribbean for seven years and then and now most recently I've been back up in North Florida and South Georgia since 2006 and I am a manufacturer's representative and I call on uh, hospitals and K through 12 schools and secondary education is my wheelhouse even though I do do corporate work like banking and stuff as well but 
my I work for Mannington Commercial, and we're a manufacturer that do does those types of projects, mainly healthcare and education. And I spend a lot of my time talking to my clients about maintenance and how to take care of the products that we install so that they get a lot of longevity out of it or a lot of life cycle out of it. We talk a lot about sustainability and as well as it, how it relates to durability and something that has a long life cycle and stays on the floor a long time is more sustainable than something that's just reusable like a cardboard box uh, that, that just decreases really quickly. So we try to I try to specify products that's going to be on the floor a long time and teach people how to take care of it. And it keeps me with recurring customers and people that trust me for my uh, expertise in the business. That's so everyone out there in podcast land, if you have a floor that you're not happy with, Sean might be able to help you figure out what you should be putting down on that floor. So that being said, Sean, we've talked about it many times, but to the new listeners, and as we're saying, a review here at the end of 21, what's the number one floor coating in America today? The number one floor covering, going down. I, I, yeah. I said coating. I'm sorry, folks. It should be covering, not a coating. Well, the number one substrate covering, floor covering today being sold is luxury vinyl tile or luxury vinyl plank, LVT and LVP as it's uh, commonly known. Then why is that? I think that the uh, reason is is it goes it goes down very quickly. There's a unlimited multitude of choices in pattern and color. Uh, Mannington alone has over s- somewhere around fifty or sixty thousand SKUs of LVT uh, of different. That's each individual color and each individual size available. We have some collections that are that. Each color has nine sizes available. So when you're an end user and you look at that wealth of product that you can get and the price point that it's at, at all, you know, in all different levels, in all different levels of durability, it just gives you a limitless uh, array of things to choose from, from wood floors to stone floors to abstracts, different shapes, different sizes. It's just remarkable at all the different things that you can um do with that with an LVT or LVP floor. Now, one of the things that you and I've talked about over a couple of years has been also the grades, the quality of those different products. Um, can you explain for our listeners, uh, you know, here at this last show about you know commercial grade, residential grade, uh, you know, high uh, high traffic grade? What's what's the difference if they're looking in a building and they're going to replace, what should they know? So with LVT and LVP, there is a mill wear layer. A mill is one one hundred thousandth of an inch. That's a mill. And there's different wear layers and they're calculated in mills. A typical residential mill wear layer is six mil or eight mil that you would find on a plank that goes into a residential uh, application in your home. After that, you move up to 12 mil, which would be more of a light commercial with a maybe a five-year warranty light commercial for a uh, maybe a tenant improvement space or low-cost space uh, that would be a, a place maybe a doctor's office would rent out for four or five years. That would be a, a 12 mil. And then the, the industry standard for LVT and LVP right now is 20 mil. And that is a um, Main Street commercial type wear layer. Most everything that you see in commercial is going to be 20 mil. And then from there, it goes up 30 and up to as much as 40 mil, which carries a, a real um, high commercial warranty, would be used in a airport or a restaurant. Uh, the, that's where you would use a 40 mil product. Um, I know that you and I have talked about in, in some of the uh, instructions that we've given in our LV class that uh, there has been a great push for gymnasiums in multi-purpose rooms, uh, mainly in your uh, religious centers. Is that still true, and is that what we're looking for in 22? 
Uh, yeah, matter of fact, I'm working on two uh, private schools that are religious-based private schools that are charter schools that want to do their gymnasium or multi-purpose room in a LVT. I've completed several of them and I've had other, I wrote a blog about it on our website at manningtoncommercial.com. There's a blog on doing an LVT basketball court. Uh, and that particular one we did the blog on was a basketball court and it had volleyball lines in it as well. And we put it down with a two-part epoxy adhesives so that the planks wouldn't move. And they've been they've been playing ball on that thing and having church socials and weddings and all kinds of stuff in that room for the past four years. So well, yeah, that that's probably a big thing. was. That, what grade was that? Was that the forty? No, that was a well. The the to be literal, the the actual court that the most of the basketball is played on is a twenty mil, and then the forty mil was what the lines were made of. But that was only because we cannot cut the twenty mil. It doesn't cut efficiently on our machine that we do those custom things on so we cut only 40 mil so do you see most of the gymnasiums those high traffic gyms being put down as 20 or 40 20 the okay. price point the price point negates them going to a 40 mil in that large of a space typically those places don't have that kind of budget and the floor the 20 mil holds up just fine so for our listeners the choices that we have today here going into 22 are so limitless that I'm seeing that there's a large learning curve here. Yeah, when you go to pick out an LVT or an LVP for your home, you need to first decide if you want wood or if you want stone. And that, that puts you in a one category or if you're doing a commercial space as well and then trying to narrow it down to what price point or your budget is I would go that direction next so pick your pattern type pattern that you want in in your mind and then get your budget together what you can afford to spend for the space and then start looking at LVT because that'll the budget will limit you down to a millware layer and then you can start looking at the different colors and options that are available in that millware layer and then at that point start narrowing it down to, to kind of what you're looking for so as you and i have discussed over the last couple of years being that this is the predominant flooring material that's being installed it has been replacing carpet at an alarming rate yeah, that's the thing that we often talk about is the expectation of the owner. The owner goes from a floor, let's say it is carpet tile, and they vacuum it once or twice a week. They may hot water extract it once a year. They may use a dry chemical or some bring an outside source in to clean it once a year. And a lot of the soil remains down in, in the carpet. And the carpet finally gets to a point to where it's full of soil and it won't resist uh, staining anymore and they decide that they're going to replace it and they're like well you know it'll be so much easier if i just put a hard surface in here then this nasty carpet will be out of here and then they then they can't then they realize that wow all that soil and sand that was coming in from outside is just sitting there and i can see it and it <laughs> creates a whole new you know bevy of, of problems or questions or issues that they have about how to maintain the floor yeah, because all of a sudden they see what they couldn't with, with carpet. It didn't mean the soil right. wasn't there. It's just that it was, you know, the old out of sight, out of mind. Well, it's the old thing we used to deal with when they were like, oh, I really want to lighten the space up, so let's go with a light gray carpet. We previously had a, a, <laughs> a dark green carpet with black specks in it, but now we're going to go with a light gray solid carpet. Oh, well, where all this, where all these stains come from? Your carpet just doesn't hold up. <laughs> the stains were there before. You just couldn't see them. Well, yeah, I mean, because patterns, designs, textures, all of this sure. hide what is there. Now, what you've just now said is now we have a whole different maintenance program. 
yeah, it's it gets more of a daily thing than it was with a weekly thing. Just because the the weekly thing, you're not washing your car every week to uh, keep the soil and sand off of you. Now letting it with carpet, they were letting it go two and three months before they washed it, and they couldn't even tell how dirty it was. And now it's the you're having to sweep the floor. And are you still well, there, Dave? You know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sean, Sean's out there close to the beach, so I'm sure we're going to lose him from time to time. So <laughs> hang with us, but he'll he'll come back. <laughs> yeah. So I, the, it just moves to a daily maintenance thing, and trying to set the expectation for the customer, the client. That's the most important thing, and that I try to do on with every one of my clients, especially if they're moving from a soft surface to a hard surface setting the expectation of what they're going to get when when this happens and it goes it's not only just the maintenance it goes to chair pads um we floor protectors we have clients that are on a vct or have been on a vct for the last 25 years and the at the end of the school school year the floor looks pretty rough and they go in and they strip it and they apply more finish and they buff it. And the floor when the school takes over is really shiny again. And what's happened is that entire year, those chairs have been gliding back and forth on top of finish. They're never on the actual floor. Then when they move from VCT to LVT and they don't change the chairs or their method to how they clean things, they expect the same, they're paying more for the floor so they expect it to perform better. And then when the floor gets scarred or, or gets soiled and the chairs are making marks on the floor, they want to say that my floor is not holding up to their traffic. It's worse than the VCT. Well, in, in fact, they never walked on the VCT and they never looked at it before. So, again, it's a change in expectation. And if you don't address those issues with the clients, you're going to have issues. And there's answers for all of them. It's, and it doesn't cost any more. It's it's just a different way of taking care of something than what they had taken care of before. Well, this is what I commonly refer to in our LV class as the life cycle of the floor maintenance program. You know, you have your installation, your cost of goods, but then over the life of the floor material that it's there, you have a continual cost for maintaining that floor surface. And what we have come to find out since LV is not really new anymore, it's been around for over a decade on floors in commercial facilities, is that it does last better long term if, in fact, you take care of it on a daily basis. If, if we can digress back to VCT a moment, with VCT, you're a floor now I think VCT is going in for $1.90 a foot, $1.99 a foot installed with the increased cost of everything. When By the time in 15 years when they're done with that floor, it's eventually costing them more than $30 a square foot. Whereas a LVT cost a 20 mil going in somewhere between $4.50 and $5 a foot on the front side. The actual maintenance cost over the life of the get uh, off of the life of the product that same 15 years levels out because you're not stripping and waxing, stripping and waxing, stripping and waxing. You're just using a neutral cleaner and and uh, an abrasion system to clean the floor so that you're not uh, you're not having to add anything to it or take it away. And it's that much better for the environment because in a lot of cases, depending on the traffic and how well they sweep the floor and keep the soil off of it, you can actually clean the floor with water and you don't have to use a cleaner, a detergent. Well, so, and this, go, this goes to what you're talking about. You know, whenever uh, the academy started here in Florida five years ago, I replaced a bunch of floor in the classroom with two different types of LVP. Mm -hmm. And to this date, they've never had anything put on them as far as a, a, a resurfacing coating. They've never really been cleaned with anything other than water and a neutral cleaner and a cylindrical brush auto scrubber. 
and they look exactly like the day that I put them down. And that's that's the that's where you pick up the money. So when I talk about talk to an end user about using floor protectors on their furniture, that's a one time or maybe a two time purchase over the life of the floor, uh, as opposed to constantly having to every summer strip and wax with new finish. So your your life cycle goes up, your life cycle of the floor goes up, as well as your cost of maintenance goes down as it averages over time. So, folks, if you've been with us before, we're talking with Sean DeBoer this morning. This is our last scheduled podcast of 2021. We're doing a little bit of a review of what we've talked about over, well, the last couple of years and his 23, now 24 podcast with us. If you've been one of the listeners that has downloaded 600 downloads of Sean, I would say thank you. If you haven't, Download this one and go back and research. They're all there for you. We're sponsored uh, today by Gym Supply. They've been providing cleaning supplies to save lives for over 80 years here in Central Florida. We thank them for their sponsorship. Sean, you know, we did talk about carpet. We talk about it very little, but let's kind of review a little bit about carpet uh, in comparison. I know that you're saying, well, they took carpet out, but not everybody's taking carpet out, but they are changing it. Yeah, most of the carpet that I'm doing right now is in secondary education. Uh, there's a lot of carpet still being used in colleges and universities. Uh, and some of the K through 12 is using uh, carpet as well. I've got a couple of different clients. One of my largest buyers that I have a, a relationship with, they use uh, one of my competitors' carpets and they use my LV. LV product. Um, they use the carpet in the classrooms because it's quiet and it's more comfortable to the students. And um, there's a lot of different reasons why people use carpet, but that's that's where I'm using. Healthcare's almost completely stepped away from carpet, uh, except for in the high, the upper floors of administration buildings and conference rooms and those kinds of places. Um, and then corporate is still using carpet banks and uh, tenant improvement buildings, those kind of places because of them. I, I believe it's because of the maintenance. So we've got carpet, we've got LV products. You know, I heard something uh, the other day that uh, there's like two part poured linoleum coming down. Was that you that we were talking about? We were talking yeah. about that. Yeah, we have a product called Liquid Legato. It's a uh, liquid linoleum. It's actually the linseed oil, pine rosin, wood flour. All those components that are in the natural-based linoleum that you've probably heard companies like Forbo or uh, Armstrong uh, that have linoleum that's made out of the country. This is a two-part product. It's a bu- A bucket and a B bucket with a, a color as a third, and it's a remarkable product. We're looking at some um, operating rooms, putting it in some ORs. Uh, that floor, you mix part A with part B and act, act, mix your color pigment with it and then pour it on the floor and it self levels. It's a very durable floor. Um, there's a lot of things that goes into the front side of it. You have to actually abrate the concrete or the substrate and moisture mitigate it with an epoxy moisture mitigation system like from Mapay or Ardex. And then we pour our self-leveling floor on top of that. And it's uh, somewhat self-repairable. If you scratch it or gouge it in some ways, it'll, it'll kind of work its way back together. Uh, kind of like a silly putty and then if it um, if it has a true damaged really bad tear or gouge or where someone's dragged a piece of heavy equipment on it you can actually cut a cookie cutter perfect circle out um, or rectangle whatever shape you want you mix up a little repair kit and you pour that repair kit into that hole and it self levels up all the way around and then you put the urethane on top of it uh, to protect it and you have a no finish floor that uh, is poured and is continuous. We've got projects of upwards to 50, 60,000 square feet that have no seams in it. 
folks, I told you this is going to be a review of 21, and maybe now you have a precursor of 2022. Why is this a new product for the new year? Well, I think, you know, as industries evolve, you start finding ways to overcome things. I mean, one of the big things we have in operating rooms is I had one project I did up in, in Georgia, operating room they did orthopedic surgery the uh, surgeon has a small hammer that's stainless steel and it is a blunt object and it will get fluids on it from surgery and it would slip out of his glove and fall and hit the floor and cut it and this particular product legato will overcome that because what we were having to do before in the traditional operating theater is we put a sheet vinyl in the floor, like our biospec, or we have a product called biospec armor, uh, which is an OR floor. And that floor is a six foot, six inches wide. It gets heat welded at the seams. And we put either a different color or maybe the same color under the table and we cut a weld around it. Because when that surgeon drops those tools or the scalpel and cuts the floor, it creates a germ area that can, germs can inhabit. That's why in a operating theater, we use a homogeneous product where it's a chip product and the vinyl is the same on the back of the product as it is on the top of the product. So it goes all the way through, it's homogeneous. It's not made up of multiple layers. So when the scalpel does cut it and there is a repair made or there's a hole in the product, if bodily fluids get into that hole, uh, microbes cannot grow in between the layers of the floor so the floor is adhered with epoxy adhesive and there's it's just a hole in the floor but with these new healthcare guidelines that we're we're now experiencing with covid and these inspections that's happening at the hospitals the hospitals are very conscious of any delamination or uh uh area in the floor that's been damaged that where microbes could possibly grow and you could have MRSA or any other kind of thing that that is apparent in hospitals and they don't want that in operating rooms so what we'd have to do is that area that we would often make it the, the material is six foot six inches wide so we'd often make the repair slot under the table four foot wide so that as time moved on and they they would take the piece out under the table which means moving the table, removing that product, cutting the weld, putting a little bit bigger piece, probably about uh, an inch or two inches bigger under the table, putting the table back. And this is happening once every year, once every 18 months, uh, repairing that area right under the table. With this product Legato, the, the facility uh, engineer can be trained on, you know, in the facility to actually do the repairs. So they go in when the floor is down and they actually cut out an area and they pour in the new floor and put the uh, urethane over the top of it and it's 100% repaired and there's no, no dye lot differences. The colors are dead on. So it's a remarkable product. Folks, as I listen to Sean explain all that, just the same as you, I'm thinking, and people think that there's not really much to cleaning floors that you just grab a mop and a bucket or an auto scrubber, throw some chemical in it, run it over it, and you're done. You know, folks, you, did you learn anything in that in that conversation? This is what the podcast is all about, folks, is so that we can share these little tidbits, as you said at the intro here to Sean. You know, these are tidbits that, how, how do you just come about? I mean, they, they think that, we're janitors and there isn't anything to it, but how many people would talk about homogeneous floors? Yeah, it's, it's a, um, I've got a presentation that I've given many times and it's like, let the building dictate what type of floor goes into your, what you specify. So what, what am I going to be using the building for? Am I going to be, do I have, a, you know, four people for every hundred square foot in a call center or an area where they're entering data and the people just sitting at computers? Do I have kids coming in off a playground with sand in their tennis shoes? Um, 
do I have a high-rise building where I have meetings on the fifth floor where it's only executives and leather-soled shoes? I mean, what? let the building dictate what your product's going to be. And then what are the ASTM test regulations that for fire, uh, flame spread, vertical burn, corner burn, those kinds of things? Um are all a part of that specification. And then what's the final use of the floor? You know, if it's an operating room, what are they concerned about in the operating room? And, and where somewhere along the way, we have to include what's this maintenance schedule and do you have the people, do you have the product, do you have the tools to take care of whatever that uh, product solution is? Yeah, the maintenance is sometimes the backside of it. I've got one university I deal with that when they build a building, a brand new building, they build in the maintenance cost for the first year in the price of the, the new building so that that's covered for the next year. Not a lot of universities do that. So thinking about maintenance and then but are they, some of the... But, but, but Sean, are they whenever they do that, are they building in the cost of what it would take today with that type of floor based on the daily, or they still have that old mentality with it? No, they're doing it based on what it is today and what they they constantly have meetings with their facility maintenance director and their facility people talking about what's going on and and the, actually the facility maintenance of that university has a lot to say about what is used on campus. So if they're, they have a certain oh specification on LVP and LVT and on carpet, it has to meet a certain level of uh, specification before it can even come on campus based on their experience of cleaning it. Well, that's wonderful it. I mean, that, they've, that, you know, that they're including these people in the decision, something we've always talked about in my whole career. Yeah, but you know, on the other side of that, is the complete opposite where you have a, a large healthcare facility that hires a, a national janitorial company that does everything from provide paper towels and toilet paper to clean floors. So they bid it as a contract, either an annual or five-year contract up to, I've seen them up to five-year contracts where this company will come in and they will handle the employees, the maintenance, uh, the janitorial, uh, the maintenance of everything in the hospital for five years under that contract. So if you think about it, how does that company make money on that contract? They cut back. They, they have buy-in agreements with different types of uh, toiletry companies and, and places where they can buy in volume on a national level or they can influence on a national level. So they have a lot of power when it comes to speaking about what products are used in the university, uh, what level of, or, or I mean, or in the hospital, and then what level of uh, service they get out of that product long-term. They have a lot of say, they have a lot of power. So are they telling the truth all the time? Maybe from their perspective, uh, if they put a, a light colored floor <laughs> down, you know, and they can't keep it clean, but they only have one floor tech for that entire hospital floor, or maybe that vortex covering two floors. Plus, we've got I've got situations now where you have the hospitals using disposable um, floor covering cleaning things on a mop. So they take a Velcro uh, cleaning pad, microfiber, they stick it on the mop head, they go into the room, they sweep, they wipe down the room, either the mop head has a solution on it or they add some type of spray solution to it and they mop the floor out really quick between patients they wipe everything down and then they take that off that velcro off and discard it and move to the next room and that person's doing that throughout the entire ho the entire hospital or the entire the floor and then they have uh, a machine that may or may not be inspected at all with squeegee or the what type of brushes or when the pad was changed and then they just run over the floor there it's just not being maintained in a in a proper way and i i know i live in a perfect world as far as the manufacturer is concerned and then there's a reality <laughs> of of what the facility can handle but there's also these companies that come in and promise these things and then they blame it on the manufacturer that it's the product's not holding up 
when in fact it's just they don't have enough personnel to, to carry the contract that they, they signed up. You know, Sean, as we're reviewing last year, this has been a recurring theme through all of our conversations for the last two years. And quite honestly, folks, it was some of the reason that Sean was invited and graciously uh, accepted to be on our show uh, well over two years ago now. We met at a trade show and got to talking about the maintenance of this floor. And uh, Sean had a lot of good insight that matched what we like to talk about here at the Academy. And so two years later, here we are somewhat talking about the same things, but let's look forward to 22. We got a new floor material, linoleum. Uh, wait a minute. Linoleum's not new. No, linoleum's been around longer than vinyl has. So do we see poured linoleum? taking over a section of the market outside of that healthcare environment you're talking about? I think we see poured liquid linoleum take it over a certain aspect. It's not perfect in every place because it, it takes a long time to put it on the floor. Um, so the space has to, to allow for that. Um, I think what we're going to see is more poured floors in general, uh, epoxy resin floors, uh, but, you know, linoleum, all those things. You know, as you were talking about that, I'm thinking about, you know, there was a time period that we went through with poured epoxy floors in restrooms that uh, we also found they chipped, they peeled, they cracked, and then they became a harbinger of uh, bacteria and pathogens. What you're talking about here seems to be maybe a solution for that? I don't know there's a solution to that. I think a lot of what happened with the epoxy floors, uh, it happened on a project I was doing. Um, it was actually with, with a church and that I have a good relationship with. I do their, their carpet for them. And they were building a new building. And I recommended a epoxy company that came in and done large commercial projects I recommended them to come in and do the the floor in the kitchen well one of the people on the committee at the church said well I had a guy come in and do my garage and he was like two dollars and fifty cents a square foot less than that guy and I'm like yeah but a garage floor done with epoxy it's not the same chemical makeup it's not put down the same way they didn't mitigate the slab well, what's mitigation? What's moisture mitigation to keep moisture within the slab so that it doesn't come up and blow the epoxy off the floor and cause it to chip? Well, when's that going to happen? I don't know when it's going to happen. When You know, all these questions come up. Well, it, it turns out they decided to go with the guy that came in there and poured it out of a can that he probably got at Home Depot and did their garage and rolled it on the floor because it was less expensive. And I think a lot of that's what happened you had a everybody there was a lot of people in the market that either done flooring or hadn't done flooring in the past and they saw an opportunity to start a business of putting epoxy floors down and you got them they were put down incorrectly if you put a an epoxy resin floor down properly and you moisture mitigate you abrate the slab and you uh, 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 lay down an epoxy mitigation system self-leveling system and then you pour the epoxy on top of that it has a 15,000 psi it's not going anywhere for a very long time and that's i think i think the market just got flooded with a lot of people saying well i can do that and that's why you had a lot of failures so what we're doing now is we're just adding another um oh i was going to say variant um another option another thing another floor coating now to add to the already complexity of taking care of floors yeah and it, we we're very specific about this liquid legato the the substrate has to be abraded and, and epoxy mitigated no questions asked that is the only way we'll put it down so if you can't afford it we move on to a different type of floor that you can't afford that will give you your expected uh, longevity. 
if you want to go with this floor, then you have to follow the guidelines. You have to go point A, point B, point C. You have to follow the steps in order to make it perform in a proper way. Otherwise, we're not. But I think that's what you just. But that's what you just explained, Sean. That was a problem with the epoxy, and still is if you don't do right. it right. That's a problem with this, and it has also been, according to what I've known, the problem with the LV floors that are now going down and taking over the market is. There's a lot of people that can't put them down. Although they say they do, they can't do it in the right way with the right thing and the right. And and you taught me a lot of stuff, and I appreciate your help over the last year because, you know, over at our Tampa store uh, this year, we put in LV, and it looks just like the day we put it in there, right in the commercial doorway, you know, entrance of the of the facility. Yeah, LVT is definitely the 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 same thing if you were to interview if you made it your business to go to every job site in the within a several mile radius that was going on it was commercial and you interviewed each one of those installers and asked them have you been to the mill have you been professionally trained by a manufacturer to install or have you been to a professional training school on how to how to install flooring and I would say that probably maybe one out of a hundred one out of a hundred maybe even less than that have ever been trained by a mill representative or installation person or been to an installation school of any kind they learn it by their mistakes and by me at my level uh writing specifications that require them to do certain things by the rules of the specifications in order to get the floor on the floor down properly because you're exactly right the same thing happened lvt flooded the market took over and you got every tom dick and harry out there saying hey i can i can put that lvt down it's just sticks i pull them out of a box and glue them down and you have moisture failures you have things that are floors are out of square they can't get the top the tiles to line up properly i mean it, there's any number of things that they get into that they don't realize what they're getting into because they just said, hey, yeah, I can do that. Well, and folks, I will tell you that through Sean's advice and, and doing this podcast with Sean over the uh, you know, in 2020, I learned a lot. And so when we went to put down LV product at our uh, uh, in our classroom and the main entrance there at our store in Tampa, uh, I think I had to go through five different installers before they knew how to answer the questions that you had taught me to ask. Right. And, and that kind of proved the point right there to me that what you had been saying was absolutely true. Um, you know, we've had some people, we are broadcasting uh, this morning as we do every time we do one of our podcasts on Podbean Live. We've had a few people jump on live and listen for a little while. We thank you for joining us. As we do with all of our podcast folks, if you want to join us live on the air and talk with our speaker, you know, one-on-one -on -one live, we certainly encourage that. We'd love to hear from you. But, Sean, you know the cleaning industry, man, well, they don't talk a lot here on a public forum, do they? No, because most of them that are working are working. I mean, that's, you know, when I, I go, so that, I so, go so that out, leads me into to, to 2022, and you and I talked before we got on the show this morning. Um, we saw a real downturn here in people having time to stop for education in 2020. Uh, and you know, everybody had time and we were flooded. Now, that's not true with every business. So, how has 21 been for you, and what do you see 22 being? We've had an extreme vertical increase in business, and I, I don't, I'm not smart enough to try to figure out why, other than the fact that things were we were on a good roll, uh, in 20. My 2019 was probably one of my best sales years in my entire career. And when the COVID uh, lockdowns came in, uh, it all slowed down. My business went off by about uh, 8% the ne that next year in 20. 
And a lot of those projects that were put on hold, uh, the money was still there. They had just delayed them um, because of labor shortages and all kinds of different reasons. But um, we saw an extreme vertical incline in business in in late uh, late 20 and moving into 21. A lot of the schools that were my school business never slowed down. The schools were empty. The kids weren't there. So they had money that they had allocated for that budget of that year. And we just put floor everywhere in some of the, in a lot of the schools because the kids weren't there. And that now the uh, healthcare industry has uh, was in a sharp delay decline over 2020 due to the reacting to lockdowns and people coming in for COVID and all the different things going on with healthcare. Now they have completely turned around and just just took off. So there's hospitals being built. There's outlying uh, facilities, orthopedic centers, uh, cancer centers, uh, dialysis centers, all those kinds of things are being built uh, all over the place and it's keeping us really busy. So we're very fortunate, very blessed with business right now. I don't look for that to hold steady. I look for the inflation to go up and prices to on the regular things that we're already seeing on milk and bread and gasoline and all those things are going to increase and budgets are going to fall back. And I think we're going to see a, a downturn in 2022, probably mid-year. So I'm enjoying the vertical right now. I just don't know what, what next year is going to bring. You know, I was looking back over some of the things we've done and, and that we've talked about, and I think we probably reviewed most of that, folks. I will tell you that over 23 broadcasts of our show with Sean, there is no way we can review all of that in our hour that we had today. Um, I, you know, I'm like you, Sean. 22 is always an unseen. <clears throat> you know what is it gonna what's gonna happen what's gonna be the oh the move of the economy of our life um i think you and i kind of talked about this before even though you're not in infection prevention it all affects us um uh you know as we watch and listen to the different variants and you know i just heard today there's another new international travel rules and regulations coming out again. Um, I think 22 is going to be another unknowing year, an unsettling year. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, <clears throat> I just don't know what, what's going to come of it, you know, with, uh, it all depends on how the, the governments around the world handle it and you can have all kinds of different opinions about what you think or what you think is best from a personal standpoint or religious standpoint or political standpoint but we just have to react to to what happens you know and keep pushing forward i think um keeping things moving keeping the economy moving uh you know spending time with your small business owners keeping that that small thing going i mean the united states is an internal combustion engine and we need every aspect of that engine running it might be an intake valve or an exhaust valve or a cram or a crank no one point of that engine is any less important so if it's a person cleaning a floor or a person uh giving out starbucks coffee or um wait a minute they don't give that out do they, <clears throat> they no, sell that I, was at a high price. I was gonna say now you, you you've got a coupon somewhere yeah, but it, you know, it doesn't matter what you do in this economy. We're all important, and we all need to appreciate everybody. And I think more of that should go around. But um, I don't know what the future is going to bring. We'll have to just wait and see. And every state's going to be different. Well, I can tell you one thing that the future is going to bring. What's that? Pep Talk 2022. It is a program that I've been working on for a number of years. And we are happy to tell you here at our last scheduled podcast for 21 that we are putting together for you, the general public, the people that are listening to us this morning, either live or recorded, Pep Talk 2022 is coming in mid-year. PEP, -E People Engaging People, or if you like, 
people educating people. We're going to have a group of speakers from all over the world come on to a virtual conference. There will be um, little talks that they will give for up to 15 minutes. Then they'll have a scheduled time where they can listen and talk with you direct live in the virtual uh, chat rooms. Um, this is not going to be a webinar. This is not going to be a conference where there's something to be sold. This is going to be people engaging with people to learn, to be inspired, to move forward. As Sean and I have talked this morning, there are going to be challenges. We need inspiration. This is for the cleaning industry, something that we've wanted to do for quite some time. So what I'm going to tell you is stay tuned, listen to this podcast, uh, watch our emails. You'll be learning more about it as we get everything put together. We're now uh, putting together the speakers. We're looking for dates. So uh, I think, Sean, you know, everybody's used to technology in some way now after almost two years. Do you think that uh, a virtual conference will work now? I think that we have the opportunity to give some good information in front of people and make how we market it and how we get it in front of those people will determine how successful we are. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Well, there's always a challenge and we're up for the challenge. So folks, uh, we appreciate the downloads of Sean's messages for the last two years. I am making an assumption here, Sean, we haven't talked about it. You're on board for next year. Definitely. I look forward to it. I love this. So tell people how they can get hold of you as we uh, close out our morning. My name is Sean DeVore. I'm with Mannington Commercial. You can reach me at Sean, S-E-A-N dot DeVore, D-E-V as in Victor, O-R-E at Mannington.com. Or you can reach me by cell phone at 352-630-9884. Appreciate all you guys listening to us this past two years and I look forward to next year. Hey, don't uh, don't don't go grab your shorts and go get in the ocean there on the beach. Now, I, I couldn't, I just couldn't handle that on Monday morning. <laughs> no, I got some skinny white legs. I don't need that. <laughs> All right, Sean. Thanks for talking with us. Glad to have you on, folks. If you keep listening to us, we are here at Beyond Clean with Ace. We're scheduled here on Podbean Live to uh, have our sessions uh, live, and then we record. Please follow us on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, you know all the places. Like and share what we do here. Let's see if we can get another hundred or more downloads of Sean as he goes through another 12 podcasts with us next year. So, our website, www.academyofcleaning.com. Professional Development Education Online. We have a new onboarding series that we just launched for 2022. There's a free course there. Go take that. Please like and share that. Share it with your, well, your cohorts, everybody that you know. Thanks a lot, Sean. We'll talk to you next year. Look forward to it, Dave. Have a great rest of the week. Talk to you soon.